Welcome to the EEA Forum Podcast. Prioritization When Size Matters by Jonathan Harris. Too long, didn't listen. I described some key considerations for prioritization when the potential size of a funding opportunity matters, i.e. it's room for more funding. I show how this relates to the ITN framework, and I propose new prioritization components, including scalability as clarification of tractability, and two different types of neglectedness. It would be nice if all we needed to know when prioritizing funding opportunities was their marginal good per dollar. In reality, funders always need to make two decisions, what to fund and how much. Research, evaluation, and execution take time and effort. When we find a great opportunity, we should be even more thrilled if we can put many dollars into it rather than just one. Scalability matters. However, if we start throwing a lot of dollars at an opportunity, then other funders are going to react. Coordination is hard, and our dollars are likely to crowd out or funge others. The extent to which this is an issue depends, among other things, on the neglectedness of the opportunity. These considerations, and others, arise when we think about the interaction of our funding decisions with others, i.e. as part of an equilibrium. They are even more relevant when we have the ability to put so much funding into an opportunity that it changes the opportunity itself, i.e. it is non-marginal. In this post, I share a framework that we have developed at the Total Portfolio Project, TPP, to account for these considerations. I'll refer to this as the framework, but note that it's just one tool among many that we think are useful for assessing opportunities. We developed this framework out of necessity because of our goal to develop tools for prioritization that work across a wide range of funding opportunities and when size matters. Now, with the increasing wealth and ambitions of EA, it seems like these considerations are more relevant than ever to the community at large. Comments, questions, and feedback are very welcome. See this post's twin for an explanation of both ITN and TPP's framework using a mathematical model. Review of ITN The importance, tractability, and neglectedness ITN framework is an important tool for estimating the value of allocating marginal resources to a problem. 80,000 hours describes the components as follows. Importance. If we solve the problem, how good would it be? Tractability. If we doubled resources dedicated to solving this problem, what fraction of the problem would we expect to solve? And neglectedness. How many resources are already going towards solving this problem? I think these are the right questions, when interpreted carefully, for assessing the value of adding marginal resources to a problem. However, there is a good deal of confusion and disagreement about how the components should be assessed in practice, e.g. see most of the posts here, link in post. Diversity of thought is a good thing, but it seems like many of these disagreements are unnecessary. The confusion and debate applies to all three ITN components, but in my experience, it applies most to neglectedness, as noted here, link in post. Ideally, we would not like to simply select causes that are neglected, but select causes that are neglected for reasons other than their impact. I think these issues are a symptom of ITN not addressing the question of why an opportunity exists in the first place.
thinking about impact in equilibrium requires tackling this question, so it is a valuable exercise just on this count alone. It also naturally leads to multiple considerations that capture different aspects of what we might mean by neglectedness. Equilibrium Effects TPP's framework can be applied at the problem level and to individual enterprises, nonprofits and for-profits. To be neutral, I refer to what is being addressed as the opportunity. The figure below illustrates the value produced by a funding opportunity. Please see graph in show notes if you are so inclined. The figure is a graph with investment on the x-axis and marginal value per dollar on the y-axis. With the description, this figure shows how investment is determined in equilibrium. Initially, investment is at I0, where the blue market value curve meets the black market opportunity cost curve. If additional investment shifts the cost curve down, then the total amount of investment moves to IA. The value generated by this shift, the yellow area, may include neglected value that is only appreciated by particular funders. Our assessment starts when investment into the opportunity is at I.O. What we want to know is what the level of investment I.A. will be if we fund the opportunity, and how much value this will create, the yellow area. If it was as easy as adding a dollar of investment so that I.A. equals I.O. plus one, then all we'd want to know is the height of the yellow area. This is what I.T.N. is intended to assess the marginal value per dollar of investment. We could also assess this with a direct cost-effectiveness analysis. However, for each dollar we commit, only a fraction of this dollar will go towards increasing investment. Furthermore, while the total value per dollar exceeds our opportunity cost, we're not going to want to leave value on the table. We don't just want to create a tiny sliver of yellow area. If possible, we want to extend the yellow area out to the point where the neglected value meets the opportunity costs. This means that an equilibrium funding model is going to tell us both how much we should plan to invest as well as how much value this will generate. But it won't tell us if we should fund the opportunity. This is up to us to decide after comparing the net values of all available opportunities. After comparing the total increase in value, the yellow area, minus the costs of our funding. As detailed here, TPP's framework breaks an opportunity's net value into the following components. Effectiveness. What is the marginal value per dollar of investment? Scalability. If we double the resources dedicated to solving this opportunity, by what factor do we expect this will increase its activity? Investment neglectedness. What fraction of the wealth of our funders is devoted to the opportunity? Value neglectedness, the extent to which, compared to other funders, we think this opportunity can produce more net value per dollar, broken down into the parts 1. Excess value, how much more value per dollar do we expect from the opportunity can produce compared to other funders? 2. Risk, to what extent is existing funding limited by perceived risks and uncertainties that our funding would help alleviate? 3. Excess costs. To what extent are our opportunity costs higher or lower than other funders? Relative risk appetite, RRA. 
How much more prepared are we, compared to other funders, to take on the risks and uncertainties associated with funding the opportunity? Alignment. How much do we expect to value the alternative investments of the other funders that we might crowd out? Some components are about the opportunity itself, while others are more about the other funders in the market. Each component is discussed in more detail below. Effectiveness. This is the same value per additional dollar that the ITN framework is intended to assess. So, in principle, we should use the ITN framework to assess effectiveness. However, as John Halstead notes here, in cases where we can actually do a direct cost-effective analysis, ITN doesn't need to be used. Equilibrium reasoning also suggests an alternative angle. One can ask, what are the opportunity cost of the other funders? How effective do the things they fund tend to be? How much do we think funding this opportunity is constrained by risks or uncertainties that we can help alleviate with our funding? Do we think additional funding for this work is more or less valuable than the other funders? The answer to the first question gives a baseline assessment of the opportunity's effectiveness. Other funders wouldn't fund it if it was less effective than their benchmark alternative, or BAR. The second question gets at if the opportunity may be more effective than the market's bar, because it still has room for more funding due to its perceived risks. The third question, the third question allows for the possibility that we may value the opportunity more than others. Note that the value of information, coordination, and other considerations can be included in effectiveness. Scalability. Conceptually, this is exactly the same as tractability. I think scalability is a better word for this consideration. Scalability better captures what the associated question is asking. How much can work on this problem be scaled with additional resources? Also, in my experience, tractability is often believed by users of ITN to mean something more like effectiveness. This post makes a similar point and proposes applying tractability to a new component that is more like effectiveness. See Lincoln post. Having scalability as a key consideration seems aligned with Joey Savoy and charity entrepreneurship's focus on the limiting factor. To illustrate the difference between scalability, effectiveness, and ITN's importance, consider that earlier stage opportunities are likely to have low scalability but high expected effectiveness and high expected importance, or scale. Because promising early-stage opportunities will initially involve non-scalable work that sets the foundation for future scale. The expected future scale and effectiveness go together because each bit of work now is enabling that future. But scalability is about how much additional funding now will enhance that future. If work today depends mostly on a few key people, then current funding is unlikely to be the limiting factor. Investment neglectedness. Investment neglectedness can be thought of as the ratio of existing investment to the existing funder's wealth. It's about asking, what is going on with an opportunity that is not attracting more investment from its wealthy funders? It is best considered relative to other opportunities. All else equal, between two opportunities with the same level of existing investment, the one with wealthier existing funders will have lower investment neglectedness, so it should be a lower priority. Equivalently, 
but perhaps surprisingly, between two otherwise equal opportunities, i.e. with the same effectiveness and scalability, with equal access to wealth, investment neglectedness would suggest to prioritize the one that has received the higher level of existing investment. This aligns with this post. Value neglectedness. Value neglectedness naturally arises in the equilibrium model in the following three ways. Note that excess value and risk are particularly important as they also factor into our assessment of effectiveness. As an example of related thinking, 80,000 hours seems to be making a statement about value neglectedness here. Quote, One particularly important way that a problem can end up neglected for bad reasons is if other people simply don't value it. This article argues that if you care about something x times more than the average person, you should expect to have x times as much impact by working in that area, by your lights. For instance, we think that the interests of future generations are dramatically undervalued by society, so by working on issues that aid future generations, we can have far more impact. End quote. Interestingly, overall value neglectedness can and will be negative for areas or enterprises that we think are less effective or less urgent than other funders. Excess value. Excess value captures the possibility that Compared to other funders, we think the opportunity is going to produce more value per unit of activity. Other funders will only fund the opportunity up to the point where they think the opportunity's effectiveness matches their opportunity costs. Since we see more value than others, we should be willing to allocate more funding to such opportunities. Risk. Risk is about the extent to which opportunity is associated with risks and uncertainties that our funding can help alleviate. With for-profit companies, this is going to be the financial risk. With non-profits, this obviously doesn't apply. However, risk-like costs can arise for non-profits. For example, other funders can be uncomfortable being too large a percentage of an opportunity's funding. Or, if they aren't super wealthy, then devoting too much funding could start to increase their opportunity costs by reducing funding for their alternatives. Such considerations may cause them to underfund some opportunities. Our participation in funding the opportunity can alleviate these risk-like costs. Thus, opportunities which seem to be partly limited by risk give us the possibility to add value to the market. It is crucial that our funding can help alleviate the risk-like costs. Some kinds of uncertainty of other funders, e.g. fundamental moral uncertainty, may not be something that changes with our participation. I would account for such uncertainties in effectiveness and excess value. Excess costs. Theoretically, all funders would have the same opportunity costs. Funders with lower opportunity costs would lend money to those with higher ones, until there are no more trades like this that are worth doing. In reality, there are limits to such trading, and a funder's opportunity costs will depend on their unique opportunity set. It is not great for a funder with high opportunity costs to go into an opportunity where they crowd out funders with lower costs. It is likely to destroy value overall, so it is important to consider that there may be significant differences in funder opportunity costs.
Finders with special access or special knowledge are more likely to have higher quality opportunities and higher opportunity costs. Relative to the average person, EA community members would seem to have higher opportunity costs. But then EAs in special situations, e.g. active entrepreneurs, professional funders, are in turn more likely to have higher opportunity costs compared to the community average. Relative risk appetite. In equilibrium, if we have greater appetite for risk, then we can have impact even if all other funders have pretty much the same beliefs, because we would be willing to take on more risk and disperse more funding where others won't. In terms of the diagram, we will contribute more to reducing the slope of the cost curve. However, if we have an unusual tolerance for risk, this will most likely apply across all opportunities. So it is probably only an important consideration when we observe that the risk appetites of the other funders in a particular opportunity are unusually high or low. RRA seems like it might be the funder version of personal fit. That is, if someone is more talented in an area or more passionate about an area, then they can take on more career risk by being more ambitious. Then, ultimately, they will probably have a greater impact. Alignment. Unlike the other considerations, with factor into both the value and the costs of an opportunity, alignment is only about the costs. It is about the value we place on what other funders will do with their money if we crowd them out. For example, if we are considering funding AMF, and we expect other funders alternative to be to fund the Malaria Consortium, then we would likely judge this to a... For example, if we are considering funding AMF, and we expect other funders alternative is to fund Malaria Consortium, then we would likely judge this to be a situation of high alignment, whereas if we believed that AMF was the only highly effective charity that other funders knew about, maybe they liked the logo or something then we might expect them to give to a much less effective charity as an alternative, or to not give at all. This would be a case of low alignment. This is an important consideration, as there are many opportunities where we can expect most additional funding to crowd out existing funding. In these cases, the main effect of funding the specific opportunity is actually to increase funding for the market's alternative. If the market is unaligned, then this could make funding a highly effective but crowded opportunity net loss. Conclusion In this post, I've described TPP's framework for assessing opportunities for impact in equilibrium. Compared to ITN, TPP's framework suggests that funders start by assessing the effectiveness and alignment of other relevant funders. Use tractability according to its 80,000 hours definition but relabeled as scalability. Analyze neglectedness in two ways with several more granular parts. Include an assessment of relative risk appetite that has parallels to personal fit. We believe that these ideas could be useful for other researchers and funders. That said, I'm conscious that TPP's goal with this framework is for it to apply to a wide range of funding opportunities. It wouldn't be surprising if it misses crucial considerations in particular areas. I'd be interested to hear views about that specifically, as well as about this framework in general. I would greatly appreciate further discussion 
either in the comments below or via email. Thank you for listening to the EA Forum Podcast, narrated by me, Garrett Baker, and edited by Space L. Clotte. Thank you.